stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. And, man, it's so exciting to have another um, show to have a great person on, you know, uh, this uh, young gentleman, I say young gentleman, he's young, you know, I know he's smiling when I say that. But uh, uh been on before, and we're going to get some great insight on him about baseball and, and just a great input on what he thinks about a young athlete and athlete coming up today, what you, they should do, you know, to make it in life, you know, not only in sports, but um, off the field, doing other things, you know, like you say, you know, you can, any job you do, you know, do it good and do 100%, but, you know, um, I just like to introduce him, you know, Tony Howell, Los Angeles Dollars. Are you there, Tony? Yes, I'm there. How you doing, James? Good. How you doing today, Tony? I'm doing just fantastic. Thank you. Good, good to have you back on. Tony, every time I have you on, I'm smiling because I know you're going to give some great, you know, um, advice, you know. It's advice, and um, it could go a long way with a young guy. Well, I appreciate that, you know, and I speak from the heart, you know. Um, yeah. Well, tell you on my list, you know, you know, it was a while ago, but tell them what, you know, what you do and all that, you know, give them a good input. Okay. Currently, I'm uh, going to actually my sixth year with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers as the uh, special assistant to the general manager. And uh, it's more so uh, based on the title of scouting uh, and evaluating players and so forth, but uh, also my uh, particular uh, position is involved a lot with uh, making decisions, uh, trades, um, uh, signing free agents, um, placing players with the organization uh, with uh, throughout, whether it's in the minors and the majors, but more so of all with the major league level, uh, trying to better our, our whole organization as well as uh, the team at the top and uh, presenting a, a winner out there. You know, Tony, uh, we get into this later, but you told a great story about your parents, how when you, you know, Barry go into the pro and fly, you know, and all like that. But well, I want to start off, you know, let's let's talk a little baseball, you know. Okay. A little baseball, you know. Then we go into the other thing. But, you know, um, baseball's going good, you know, playoffs and all like that, you know. Um, who do you see going to the World Series? <laughs> wow, that's tough. That's a tough call. Because, you know, all, all of the teams that are performing presently um, in the postseason, uh, with excluding uh, Tampa, that uh, finished very strong at the end and then, of course, got uh, just recently eliminated. But, um you know, if I guess if I had to pick um, a team from either side, uh, should I say division, National League, uh, you always got to uh, give your hats off to uh, Philadelphia with that 
with that starting rotation that they have, I mean, you, you have a group of guys that are definite number ones on any team that you put them on. So that's, that's strong right there. And, of course, as they say, pitching and defense wins games. Uh, they play pretty good defense as well. Uh, and the other thing that they have uh, that they add to their arson is um, offense. I mean, those guys can put six and seven runs on you in, a, in one inning and, and within a minute. So um, you got to kind of favorite those guys. Um, they've been there before. Uh, they've been in the postseason one. And, um, and, and, of course, they put a little damper on us a couple of years ago, two years in a row, when we were in the NLCS uh, to play the championship for the National League, and uh, they eliminated us two years in a row. So, and we have pretty good teams as well. So I have to say the National League, uh, you, you kind of favor Philadelphia. And then on the American League side, I mean, who else? I mean, you, you always got to look at that Yankee organization. I mean, how those guys just put out and play well. And, uh, you know, you, you got a lot of definite top-tier uh, players that are on that organization and on that team that plays well, puts up runs. And then the pitching is not as strong, I would say, as um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Phillies, thinking of football, Philadelphia Phillies uh, organization, um, but uh, they they score runs and they've been there, a lot of experience in the postseason, and that counts for a lot. Um, and then I'm just going to throw in a little back end uh, team uh, that I feel that uh, is just as productive and uh, pitching might be a little bit better uh, would be uh, the Texas Rangers, and that's a team that scores tons of runs. They've got just uh, an overload of offense, and they proved that as well. Well, I want to ask you about that, Tony. Uh, how can uh, I'm trying to relate this, you know, and maybe help me out. Like, you have the Yankees, you have all these great players, and like when you said the Eagles, you know, the Eagles got this dream team. But when you have all these great players on the team, how can that deal? And when they're not winning, what, what goes wrong with that? Because, you know, like the Eagles had this dream team with all these, you know, and they're not winning. And like when the Yankees, like you say, you got to put them in there, but they're not winning the, the World Series with all these great players. What is going on with it? Well, you know, you, you, the way you got to chalk it up is you look at some of these teams that they're playing, and uh, the talent is getting better. You know, uh, the, these these different teams are assembling better uh, performance of players uh, within their teams, and that's making it a, a bigger challenge for uh, the teams that you consider favorite, like the Philadelphia Phillies or the uh, New York Yankees. Um, Another thing that you may add on to is um, what I've seen um, as I've uh, observed in the recent past was the Yankees uh, used to have a pretty good starting rotation. But unfortunately, you know, some guys, as they say, they get old. <laughs> um, and then some guys get injured. And, and, and that plays a part of it where you're expecting and hoping that these guys are going to perform and do well. And then all of a sudden an injury hits them. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then all of a sudden now you become shorthanded. And I think that plays a part of it. Um, so in essence, uh, your injuries and then also guys getting a little bit older, so their performance levels start to kind of dwindle a little bit. And then, and then you look at some teams that are up and coming, and, and a prime example would be Texas that has struggled some in the past. And then all of a sudden in the recent past, within the last two to three years, they've started to step it up because they finally have assembled a team that scores runs. And then now uh, it's always been noted because I put some years in with Texas some years ago when they had the Juan Gonzalez's and the Dean Palmer's and then pitching Aaron Seeley's. Those guys, the heat sometimes plays a part of it, uh, especially with pitching because it wears you down. And so all of a sudden – 
um, you would only have maybe one or two guys that were bona fide starters, and then all of a sudden the other guys kind of just fall by the wayside or they just fall on the back end of the rotation. But now you see that they have kind of acquired some better pitching um, at the top or at the upper end of their rotation. And I, you know, I, I kind of um, give a lot of credit to JD, which is John Daniels, the general manager. Uh, he listens to his scouts. He's got good scouts over there, and those guys go out and they evaluate, and they do a good job. They make trades. Um, he has a key guy over there named Don Welkie that knows guys inside out. Uh, another thing, uh, guy that I credit to that is um, Nolan Ryan, a former pitcher himself, all-star, no-hitters, I guess about seven, eight no-hitters, and he knows a lot about uh, especially pitching. So, uh, again, you see a team like, uh, again, Texas that has always scored runs, but now all of a sudden they start to assemble some pitching, and now that makes them a lot more compatible, and, and that's what you see. But on the other hand, where you see the Yankees kind of dwindle down a little bit is because, again, injuries, and then some of the guys are getting a little bit older. And then you have some guys that go out and put up a big year and then the following year, maybe they, they don't perform like they have in the past. So you start to see that as well. You know, maybe you could explain this better for the listeners, Tony, than I can. What do it mean when they say, it looks better on paper. You know what I'm saying? A team looks better on paper. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. say like with the Eagles or with, with with the Yankees, all these players got these great players that look good on paper that they should win it all. Mm-hmm. But and uh, to a young player, you still got to go out there and perform. Am I right, Tony? That's exactly right. Can you, can you, you know? explain that too? You know, cause I know you frame it better than me. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I'll try to do as best I can to do as just as good as you. Um, from you know, I just speaking from experience. You know, just uh, again, again, using the Yankees as um, one of those type of examples. Uh, when you you li- you look at their rotation, you look at uh, basically the, just the list of players that are listed on the roster, and you look at names that are names that are just as they say names that everybody knows of, and you look at uh, Derek Jeter, uh, A Rod, um, which is you know. Rodriguez, uh, you, 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 you look, you know, at some of the Rivera, um, all of these names, they're big names, Teixeira, Mark Teixeira. These are all big names, and one of the reasons, too, is because they, they have proven themselves in the past, and then now they are making largest amount of money based on what they have done, of course, in the past, in the recent past as well, and some as well as now, presently. So I think what you do is you look at that list of names on that roster and then say you take a name, uh, a roster like um, maybe Arizona, which has done a great job of, of uh, improving their ball club. But you look at those players, not a whole lot of big marquee name players. Of course, they're not making the big marquee salaries as well. So then you, you compare, and then just by looking at the rosters, you look at what A-Rod has done. Uh, in the past, you look at uh, Sabathia, all these guys, you know, 20 game winners. You, you, you're looking at uh, Derek Jeter. All these guys have performed for a, a, a good amount of years consistently. And so, and of course, they're making the salaries dictated as well. And then you look at, like I said, an Arizona Diamondback team, and you see maybe one star that's on that team is adjusting up and just up and coming that has the potential to do what. Um, a Rod has done, uh, and so forth and so on. So, but you look at the other guys, uh, Young that plays center field. He's still young, you know. He maybe he goes out and hit twenty, twenty-five home runs, but he strikes out. But the key is, he, maybe he's a guy that he only makes say what five or six million dollars, where A Rod is making 
thirty million a year. So when you compare those two, just by looking at the names, by far the Yankee team blends over the Diamondback team. Now it comes to these guys have to go out and perform. So you look at these guys have have been proven winners, which is the Yankees, and they have a pretty good track record, veteran-type guys. But then you look at the Diamondbacks, they're younger, and they have guys that are up and coming that has the potential to be uh, A-Rod or uh, a Derek Jeter, but they haven't reached that level as of yet. So when they're competing against each other, and of course the younger players that uh, you mentioned that are on that team, uh, Goldsmith and some of those kids, they haven't been proven yet because they've only played at this level maybe a year or two. So they have to enhance their skills, uh, polish up, and, and be uh, learn to be a little bit more consistent as the Jeters and the A-Rods have done for a period of time. And that's the difference when you get the younger kids. They haven't learned yet how to be consistent at performing at a high level consistently for a period of time, whereas these guys on the Yankees have. So when you look at the rosters, that's why you look up and then they'll say, just by looking at the rosters and the names, these guys are favorite over the other guys. You know, that was, that was great, Tony, because I want you to talk about that because what I wanted to lead into with the show because I called you earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I want to lead into you. Well, we're going to take a break, but what we're going to do is I want you to start talking about how it is important for the young kids to, to perform and, and what it is. And I got another question for you. Like, a lot of people I've been talking to in small towns and talk about why haven't they been getting recruited and all like that. But I want you to reflect on that too. But well, first, we're going to take a break. I'm not going to overwork you right now, Tony. Okay. I'm going to work you on this show, though. <laughs> that's that's this, fine with me. All right. This is Jane Lovett, host of Love That Sports Talk. I got Tony Al, my guest, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
when it comes to youth and high school football. Listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Love, host of Love and that Sports Talk. And like I said, you know, it's always great to have Tony Al Lawson and Dodgers on my show. You know, the, the, the things that he gives advice is amazing, you know. And I've been using some of his stuff, you know, even telling me, you know. But, um, Tony, you know, I, I asked you about something, you know, before we went to break. But I want to lead into, you know, like, you know, these young kids, you know, how do it take for them to get hurt? And I'm not saying hurt, but I'm just saying, the cockiness, you know, because, you know, when I play, you know, I always thought nobody's better than me. And for this one kid, like I say, you spoke to his father, and, you know, he's great, you know, he's the best player, but he ain't got that fire. What do it take, Tony? You know, right off the bat um, is confidence, you know, and and we use it different terminologies. Um, like I said, and, and you spoke of it and you mentioned it just as we come on, is about cockiness or whatever the terminology is, but it's based around confidence. It's it's like you got to be positive about yourself and feel good about yourself and feel that you can succeed at no matter what level it is and that you're competing at. And so I always thought that as a kid, um, you know, and, and, and uh, of course I got that coming from my, my parents um, and, and my dad was telling me, you know, they would all, my mom would always say that you're good and and you're better than, a lot of the other kids out there, but don't think that you are better than them as far as personal-wise. But athletically and client-wise, uh, you, you should have that confidence that you are just as good as they are. And she says, and you always think positive and never think that you can't do anything. And so I, that instilled in me as I progressed on growing up through life uh, in no matter what avenues that I, I you know, came up against, and especially in the, on the, in the sports arena because – what I did, and also to help push myself is, uh, along with the confidence, is what I tried to do is play with kids that were even older than I was mm-hmm. because I had the uh, opportunity to play with kids in the inner city that were older than I was and, of course, with some of my brothers. So that instilled in me that I start to look back and say, hey, I'm out here playing with these guys and I'm competing with them and I'm doing pretty well. So that boosts my level. But, again, I had that attitude that I can play just as good as they could. And so as long as I continued in, the, in that path, um, I just started to, to learn and, and start to be more productive. 
at what I did, and no matter what sport I was playing. Uh, but, of course, as a kid wanting to play baseball all throughout my life and become a professional baseball player, which I did, but um, I took that same attitude when I played basketball, football, uh, any other sport that I participated in. Um, I always just had to have that confidence level that I could be just as good as anybody else out there, and I'm never going to be intimidated by the impossible. You, you know what, Tony? You have to tell that story. You know, I got Terry Jackson, the the, the kid that you you know you spoke to his father. Mm-hmm. So we gonna we gonna be bombarding you with questions. You know, but you have to. I tell that story all the time to everybody. You know, they like where you get that story from. I said this is a true story. Tell them about that story. What you told me about you know you know what I'm talking about. Go ahead with the Cincinnati Reds when I was drafted. Yeah, they were looking for two players, right? You know, right? Okay. Well, the the, the bottom line to that was. Um, I was drafted in the first round with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, coming out of, uh, uh, you know, of course, pursuing with Ohio State and then Central State University in Ohio. Um, I led the nation in hitting in baseball, so uh, with a 524 batting average. I was second in the nation with homers with 27. So, I, you know, I had some, uh, some thump in my bat. And, and, again, that was something that was instilled in me as a kid, um, Starting on the varsity as a freshman in high school and then pursuing on to college and starting as a freshman because I was determined that I was going to do well and, and make it to the big leagues and also uh, to play professional ball at whatever the sport was. But just a, a little prime example of what had happened was after I was drafted, we were state, uh, sent to uh, all of the drafted players with the Reds organization were sent to Billings, Montana. And we went there, and this goes back some ways, uh, in 1981. And <clears throat> what happened was um, the manager, Jim Hoff, was there, and we had a various amount of players that had uh, lots of ability. But um, we were sitting there day one. We'd just gotten our uniforms. We're sitting down there on the grass, and the manager's standing there, and the first thing he says, I'm going to teach you how to be a Cincinnati Red. And he went through all of the, the, uh, the steps that, um, is needed to, to, to pursue that level and get to the big leagues or whatever, but based on being a Cincinnati Red. So as he went through all of his little steps and tech, tech, uh, techniques and, and so forth or whatever, but uh, to make a long story short, he stood there and he made a comment. And it was very interesting because you, you, there was 30 of us sitting there. And the first thing that he came out of his mouth after saying he's going to teach us how to be Cincinnati Reds was, he says, I hope none of you guys get disheartened about it or feel that um, we're trying to knock you from being something that you want to be, which is a professional baseball player, and make it to the big leagues, he says. But his next comment behind it was, one of you, maybe two of you from this team here is going to make it to the big leagues. You got me smiling, Tony. And, man, I tell you, I sit there and I looked, and the first thing that hit me was how confident I was. So I start to look around, and I'm looking from each side to all the players. And, again, I'm not being arrogant or anything, and I just kept sitting there, and I kept turning, and I kept looking, and I look at the guys to the left, to the right, behind me, and then all of a sudden he says, you're Tony, right? And I says, yes. And he says, um, he said, I couldn't help but when I made that comment, he says, because I always make this statement every year. And he says, but what I got it taken from it is I never got an individual that responded like you. 
And he says, when I made that statement and comment, he says, I noticed that you just start looking to your left, to your right, behind you, front and everywhere. And he says, so me, he says, not ever having that experience happen to me when I made that statement. He says, I just have to ask you, why were you doing that? And I just kind of told him, and I says, well, I hope nobody here gets offended and feel that I'm arrogant or anything like that. I says, I guess you can call it confident, and you can call it cockiness. I says, but when you made that statement or that comment, whatever you want to call it, I says, when you said one of you and maybe two of you, I says, basically, I knew I was one. I was trying to look around and see who was going to be the number two guy. <laughs> and, and his response from that was, wow. And he says, but you know what? He says, that's what I'm looking for in players. He says, and that's what I look for in every athlete out here, to have that confidence, that cockiness that you had to just step up. And he says, you've never seen none of these guys in your life before. And practically all these guys come from somewhere across the nation that are top players, that have been very productive players within their own environment. But now all of a sudden the best is up here against the best. And you make a comment like that, that you're that, that confident that you know that you're the number one guy. You're just trying to figure out who's the number two. And he says, from then on, he says, I want every last one of you guys here to think that same way that Tony thinks. And Tony, I mean, I, I mean, no harm from it, but I, it just came from the heart. That's just how I felt. I like that. As we got, you know, Terry Jackson, are you on the line, Terry? I am on the line. Did, did, did that story tell you that what, what a kid needs to do? Tony, you you met Terry. Terry, Tony, all of yeah. Tony, you doing? This how you doing? <laughs> Tony, that is an amazing story. I I love that, um, and that is the kind of thing that that I've been talking to my son about. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have to have a certain amount of that that arrogance or cockiness or confidence or whatever anybody wants to call it, in order to be successful. You have to have that kind of an attitude. I really appreciate that story. I think it's magnificent. <laughs> You're more than welcome. But, you know, and I hope he gets something from it, and I hope that he can adapt to that type of uh, mentality that, that should be embedded in him and if he, he wants to excel and get to that next level, which is professional. But, Tony, that's, is, is that not something that, that you just have to have? That's not something that anybody can teach you. Um, you know, and, and a lot of our kids now, like Love and I have talked about before, they don't have anything to drive them. They don't, you know, they're 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 living comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that they're concerned about is is, is getting the new next new smartphone instead mm-hmm. of you know having gloves on their hands when it's cold or a hat on their head or you know living in a better place. That's mm-hmm. something that you 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 have to have from within you. Do you agree with that? No, I, I do. You know, but but what I also feel is that if there's someone that's there in your corner that, you know, as, as I, you've probably seen him on TV and he makes that comment a lot, tough love, to yeah. to give them that inspiration, to push themselves. And again, sure, it, it, I it, I think over half of that percentage is that it has to be embedded in you. But sometimes I think it, it's it's based on your upcoming. Uh, where you've been, you know, how you got here, and, and, and what, yeah. you, what you do to make yourself better. Uh, because, again, it, it should be something that's embedded in you, but I think that you, you might have somebody that's borderline that may have, um, say, 50% of that within them. 
and then maybe it takes someone to push him to give him that extra encouragement to to pursue that lifelong dream that he wants to do. Uh huh. But but yes, I I do agree. It's it's kind of embedded in you uh, from a younger uh, level. But I've seen players that I thought were a little bit soft that got some encouragement from maybe his peer, maybe his coach, maybe uh, a neighbor. I, I, you know, and and have then have taken it and ran with it, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the lights come on. And yeah. Like, oh, you know what? Now you know I get it. Terry, hold on. I know you got more questions for Tony. We got to take a break, but I know Terry got questions. I got one for you, Tony. Okay. What does it take when, when you think about this on the break, Tony, when a coach ain't coaching a kid and the kid is great, is that going to mess the kid up, you know, that he can't go on, you know? So think about that, Tony. We'll take a quick break, Terry. I hate to cut you off, but we'll take a little break, and then we'll be back with, I got Tony out, I got Terry Jackson, you know, and this, man, this show going to be wonderful. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
This is James Lovin, host of Lovin' That Sports Talk. I've got my guest, Tommy Howell, Los Angeles Dodgers, and Terry Jackson. You know, Terry just been there for me. Terry ain't family no more. I don't know what you call it, you know, when you pass family. But, you know, just to have him on here, you know. Because uh, he's my co-host, so everybody know that, you know. But uh, when, I, when we went to break, Tommy, we asked you a question. Now, do you, you want me to repeat it, or do you remember what we asked? Tony, you there? Yes, I'm there. Do you want me to repeat the question, or do you remember what I asked, you know? The question was, with these kids that are coming up today and they're not getting coached the right way, do you blame the coach? And they feel that, you know, you got a great athlete, and he's not getting the coaching that he needs. And if you don't go to, you know, go past, you know, high school or whatever, do you blame that coach? You know, personally, I do, and uh, I don't totally blame them 100%, but I, I do because supposedly these are supposed to be the coaches that are hired, especially in a in a school system uh, that are targeted to, to supposed to be or labeled to be what the title says, coach, which means <clears throat> they're supposed to teach these kids, you know, at a lower level, a high school level, and you see it a lot that, you get some of these coaches that are put in position because of uh, friends and, and, and so forth that these guys are not totally experienced. So in essence, you, you have kids that have ability. They have potential, but someone has to harness it and groom them and prepare them and get them prepared for the next level, which is going to be the collegiate level. And so, yes, when that question is asked, I, I, I think that the coaches play a major part in it because they're supposed to be those guys that are there to coach and teach these kids uh, and harness their skills and potential to get to the next level. So me personally, I feel that they do have a lot to do with it. Terry, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I know you got some questions for that one. <laughs> I do. That's what, you know, that's what we've been um, talking about, Terry, you know, and, 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 and Tony hit it on the button. Go ahead, Terry. I'm going to let you. Well, Tony, we love and I've had discussions about this, um, and it seems that a lot of our, our issues within within our state of, of Wyoming, we talked about how come the University of Wyoming does look at our kids, uh, how come they don't recruit from from around the state first? Why are they going to Chicago and California and everywhere else, the, the, the bigger cities or, or, the, or the inner cities, and searching for these kids? And and I told Love that my opinion was was that our our coaches are not preparing our kids because we have had talented kids come through our schools in our state in basketball, uh, football, and baseball, and. I can't speak much on the baseball level of it because I think that's pretty good. But our basketball teams and, and football teams here in this state at the high school level, um, it just doesn't seem that our coaches are are promoting these kids or, or featuring these kids when they find them great athletes. Um, what do you think about that, Tony? Uh, I can agree with you more. Uh, just as I mentioned about them not developing them, Enhancing these kids' uh, potential and, and skills, uh, the same falls under promoting them. Um, if, if they're developing these kids and then going out and promoting them, you know, whether it's send a DVD or a video, whatever the case may be, or make a phone call to coaches to sell these kids, they don't. And, and now you notice what you're starting to see is the parents are doing it themselves. Yeah. And, you know, they have to go out and pay some agency 
$2,000 to send a video and prepare it and to send it to a, a collegiate coach just to try to sell their own kid, which I think is ridiculous. You know, you spend a lump of sums of money, and especially you have a lot of parents that don't have, can't afford that, but they'll do anything for their kids because they right. want their kids to do well. So I do. I put a lot on coaches. And then, but don't get me wrong. You have some good coaches out there that does do that, and yeah. and, and and do a great great job at it. But you have a pretty good percentage of them that don't. I think they just out there collecting checks and and proceeding on. And then if they don't, uh, you know, pursue anything as far as getting these kids out, to some of them it doesn't matter, because a lot of them are concerned about is getting that extra pay, and, yeah. and, and as long as they don't have to win as many games and they can still keep a job then they're, they're content with that. But I, I agree, totally. Tony, do, like you say, the, the parents, they got to more be more assertive and be more, you know, aggressive. And, and um, actually, they got to be their, their kid agent, am I right? That's correct. Very true. I mean, I, I was telling Terry, you know, I've been, you know, talking to his son to help him. You know, and Terry has done a great job with his son coaching him. I said, you've been coached by your dad, not by a coach coach. And that's sad. But, you know, I told Terry, he had to be out there. He had to market his son, you know. Am I wrong mm-hmm. for saying that, Tony? Yes. No, you're not wrong. You have to because, again, if these coaches are not doing their jobs, what they should be, should be doing and, and taking care of their responsibilities, then, again, it's going to take some of those parents that fill it within their kids that they want them to excel and achieve and, and do well and, and, and get to that next level. So, uh, again, I encourage every parent out there that, and maybe you don't have the finances, but you know there there's places that you can go that will help you. You know, and and you know go to some of these uh, boys clubs. Or, uh, go to maybe sometimes it's it's like a gym teacher. It's somebody that can help, uh, maybe put you in a, and point you in the right direction to to get you with somebody or or somewhere. But again, the parents, you know. I, I can't encourage you more to, to push your kids and, and, and do everything that you can because, again, you know the gratification when you see that kid smile. Go ahead, Terry. I'm here. Oh, I thought you had something to ask, Tony. Oh, well, I do. <laughs> okay. uh, Tony, did you ever in your career, uh, when you were in high school or you got into college and, and, and then moved on, did you ever experience uh, the coach? Did it seem like the coaches would suck some of the life out of the kids? Um, did, did you ever experience a coach who um, who didn't necessarily uplift a kid in trying to coach him, but you know went about it the wrong way, and, and, and the kid just went the, the the opposite way? Somewhat, you know, um, and. I can just go back, just say even to my high school level, um, I had a coach, you know, and I, I think the world of him, even today, um, and his name was uh, Mr. Martin, but um, he, he wasn't per se a baseball coach. What he was is more of a disciplinarian type of guy because he was a gym teacher. And, but what I do credit him for is he would also stress confidence. Even though you... You had kids that just come on that team that never seen a curveball, never saw what it looked like. And then all of a sudden, the kid is in the batter's box in the game, and the kid is swinging and missing by a mile. And this coach, Mr. Martin, would call timeout. And he'd come down there and he'd tell you, 
what's the problem, son? And the response of a lot of the teammates were, we didn't even call him Coach Martin, we called him Mr. Martin. And we said, and, and prime example, he says, um, Mr. Martin, I've never seen this pitch before. I don't even know how to hit it. And Mr. Martin's response from that was, either you hit the ball, son, or you will sit on the bench. Now, <laughs> you can take it either way, you know, as far as a kid. Now, me being a strong-minded kid, I'm going to take it as some positive reinforcement, but it could be a positive criticism in the sense that saying, you know what, so what? He's throwing it, you hit it, regardless if you've never seen it before. You make an adjustment. And I've seen some kids would say strike out, and then he set them on the bench. Now, do I think that that was right? No. And you, you had some kids, but the kid could hit a fastball a mile. But all of a sudden, he see a pitch he hasn't been exposed to. So all of a sudden, now this kid sits on the bench, and he doesn't play for a bit. Now, I think that that was wrong because now the kid starts to get a little bit disheartened and then kind of lose some of his confidence because he says, I can't hit the pitch, and then nobody's going to show me how. And the coach, I asked the coach. So I think the coach went about it wrong. You know, he's penalizing the kid for something that the kid can't help because he hasn't learned to hit this because he hasn't been exposed to it. So I've seen players kind of dwindle down, and then I've seen players even quit in a sense like that. So, I mean, I'm just giving it from an experience. Yeah, I'll say yes, I've seen that. And what I would do is, me personally, sometimes I would take that player to the wayside, and I would work with him and help him on hitting a breaking ball. And, the, and the, the funniest part about that at times is I was a younger guy than he was or they were because I was a freshman starting on a varsity team where you get some juniors and sophomores that say that they had never hit that pitch before. So, and then they would quit, some of them. But, again, I took it upon myself to go with some of these kids and say, hey, this is how you hit it. And, of course, I learned it at a younger age because of playing with older guys and older brothers. So that helped. But, again, you, you do have some of those coaches that kind of just well on some kids. Um, if a kid is just not uh, getting it or is not performing to that coach's uh, expectations, then you, you see them kind of ride them a bit and say, you're never going to be anything. You're never going to do this, never going to do that. And, and I think eventually the kid hears that on a continuous basis, then he starts to believe that he's never going to be uh, amount to anything as far as a, as a player. Yeah. So, yes, I, I've seen and, that. And, and Tony and Terry, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I had to say this because I sit there and I watch, you know, football games and Terry, you know, his son. But, Tony, when when you take a player like, you know, I, you know, you talk baseball and football, it's the same thing. But I see a player miss a ball. If me as a coach, and I told Terry this, I'll come back to that player and throw him the ball again and build that confidence. But if you don't go back to him, then the next game you don't play him at all. Isn't that taking that confidence from that kid, Tony? It, it really is. You know, and, and just the, like you just said, that's a prime example. Now, say he's in a game situation, okay, of course you can't come right back and do it that particular game. But at that same point in time, that coach should be able to go and instill that in that kid. Hey, don't worry about it, kid. You know, you'll catch the next one. Don't worry about it. We all make mistakes. You know, everybody's going to make an error. But you'll, you'll, you'll make that next play. So don't worry about it. You know, boost him. Boost his confidence. If it's football, you know, the receiver drops the ball. Don't worry about it, son. Hey, that's all right. 
you know, uh, we, you know, teammates will pick you up, but the next, you know, the next pass you get, you're going to catch that. I know you will. I believe in you. And you, and you have to instill that in them, you know. And, uh, but, again, yes, I'm a firm believer of that, you know. And then all of a sudden when you get that next practice, when that game is over and that practice is the next day, or if you just want to do it right after the game, take that kid out there and hit him some fun goals or have the quarterback drop back and throw some passes. If not, if, the, if you want to send a quarterback home, then you throw him. But somebody should be able to step up and take charge of that. And, again, I credit that to the coach. He needs to do that. And if, he, oh, yeah. if he's not doing it, then let the parent, if he's able, then you take your son out there and you hit him some ground balls or, or, or you throw him some passes. Terry, I know you got something to say. <laughs> Tony, I've I, I said this before on the show, and I want to know what you think about it. But um, game time is the time when you have to start coaching. I mean, you, you coach and you try to prepare throughout the week. And then, on, for instance, Friday night, it, it's football. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Friday night lights. And a mm-hmm. kid goes out there and he jumps off sides or he runs a bad route or he fumbles the ball. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that now's the time to start coaching? Because this is their time now. We've prepared. It's not about the coach. It's about these kids. And let's get these kids out there and put them in the light to be successful. Mm-hmm. No, 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 do I believe it's time to now to start doing it? No, because like you said, it's the time, it's the kids' time now. That's where the right. encouragement part comes in, and that's what I'm saying. If that kid goes out there and he runs the wrong route, okay, then you, when that kid comes off to the side or whatever, then you explain to him, okay, if you're going to run an eagle flag or a post flag or whatever the route is, you know, this is how you run it, uh, you know, and then this is what you got to do to try to get away from that defender. Or, or if he's running, you know, hold on to that ball, son, you know, if he fumbled. You don't, you don't knock him and say, that, you know, if you fumble again, I'm going to take you out or whatever or blah, blah, blah. You just you, you got to give him encouragement because, like yeah, you said, it's his time to shine. Yeah, they don't make a mistake, and, and then you pull them off the field and, and hoot and holler at them and scream at them and then tell them to get back in there and do it right. No. You know, I, I, I've seen a lot of that stuff going on. And mm-hmm. just like Love said, a kid makes a mistake or he drops a ball and, you know, he's starting that game, and then the next game, he's not even—he he doesn't even play it down. Oh, sure, um, those are the kinds of going. things that I don't—I just don't understand. And and these are, I'm speaking from experience because these are the kinds of things that I've seen. Sure. Um, I sat at practice for 15 minutes and, and, and watched practice the other day, and quarterback threw two interceptions and four plays. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reason why he's throwing those interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, why why do we not find out what the reason is, explain that to the quarterback, instead of hooting and holler at him and expletive this and, and do it right? That's you know, exactly. and then when that doesn't happen, okay, offense, you're done. Let's let's put the defense back on. That's not coaching and teaching these kids. I mean no, you, you, you want to end a practice or an offensive set on a positive note, not a negative note. Do you agree with that? Uh, very much so, hundred and ten percent. You have to because all that does is that kid goes home now after you just ended on a positive note. Uh, he goes home now feeling very good and confident about himself as well as the team. And so that means when he gets back out there, you know what, he's anxious now. He's anxious to get out there and perform because you just left him on a positive note and he's feeling good about himself, he's feeling good about the team. Now when he gets back out there, boy, he's going to be so self-motivated that he wants to do everything right and he's going to go out there and the majority of the time he will because he knows that that coach has his back. Yeah. I can't believe that. And, and there should be a lot more of that going on. Yeah, I, I believe so. And I'm just, I'm not seeing enough of it. Um, 
especially where I'm from down here, and, and I've got a you know a different aspect of things, and I, I, I run things off of of loving and, and and see what he's thought because he's been there, he's done that. Get a chance to talk to people like you who've been there and done that, just to see if I'm if I'm edging up the right track or if I'm way off base. <laughs> oh, you're on track, buddy. You're on track. Just keep doing what you're doing. Right. And the kids will the benefit. Oh, Mark, I got a question for you, Paul. Sure. You know, you have a great athlete and a high school guy, and he's not getting the coaching right. And he's turning all down. You know, and he needs to build his confidence. He got his dad tell this and that. You know, we could say your son, Terry. You know, all like this and that. What more can you tell him to motivate him? I mean, you know, when I was growing up, it was motivating me to get my mom because we, we didn't have much. We were out trying to get her out of what, you know, you know, when you're poor, you try to get him out of that. You know, what can motivate him? I mean, it seems like, you know, everything you say to him and all like that is not motivating him. He got the talent and he know it, but he's not saying, I'm the best, you know? Mm-hmm. What can you do to motivate him? Now, and you're saying that this kid is, is pretty much blessed with a lot of talent. Oh, yeah. Terry, you, you talk to <laughs> You know, just from experience, when, when I talk to kids like that, it's more so I try to find out what are their expectations, what are their goals, what do they see there in life for the future, what do they want to do. Um, and then once I, I get a, some type of explanation from them, then what I tell them is that you can look at a lot of these guys that are so successful and have been successful in the sports era, whether it's Magic Johnson, whether it's Michael Jordan, whether it's um, A-Rod, whether it's Derek Jeter, whether it's Pujols, um, you know, just touching all sports, and, 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 and again, depending on what it's sport. But what, the, what they don't realize is because, uh, you know, a lot has to do with it. Of course, it has come so easy because they've been so blessed with a lot of abilities. And so, in essence, what they don't do is they don't have that drive to want to do it all the time because it's like they feel it's like a switch. They can turn it on when they want to, and they can turn it off when they want to. So, in essence, they start to get bad habits. They don't want to work at it all the time because they know, well, you know, when the light switch hit, I'll be ready. But then all of a sudden, as they start to progress up and, and play against levels that are compatible to them or above them, then all of a sudden they start, sometimes then that's when it wakes them up, when it starts to get to the point that, wow, man, this good, this guy is good at, better than me, and I used to be like that. And so now it hits that crossroad where, you know what, you can still be just as good as him or better, but now it's going to take a little work and dedication and self-esteem and self-discipline. And, and, and you try to instill that in the kid. <clears throat> because, again, and I, and I used to see it a lot, uh, again, these kids would be blessed with so much ability that they just turn on a switch when they want to and they turn it off when they don't need it. But right. then as time progresses on, they start to see, I'm going to have to start keeping this, uh, turning it on when his light is on and when it's off. Because, I, you know, from prime examples, I've seen the Michael Jordans work out off uh, the TV, you know, uh, back behind closed doors. I've seen this guy bust his butt and works hard, and that's why guys like that have been so great because people don't really realize the work effort and that they put into it beforehand. That guy, if, if Mike doesn't work out the way I used to observe him working out, out at the multiplex behind closed doors in practice, you 
would have never known it because if he didn't do what he did, he wouldn't be the type of player that he has been in this era and anybody else's era. And and that's the same as, as again, Magic. And, and, you know, we can go to Walter Payton and we can go to all these guys and I can give you prime examples of what they've done during the offseason that make them to be great. And, again, it has to be up to that kid. If he wants to be great and he has that potential the ability to do it, he, he's got to have that self-confidence to, to want to do it. Or, or he'll fall by the wayside. And then he'll be walking around talking about, I could have, I should have. And that's what I talk to you about, Terry, right? Yeah, absolutely. I won't cut you off, but we got four minutes. But what I want to say, I'm going to let you know. One, if, if you have the time next week, Tony, I love you coming back on the show. And I like to have uh, high school kids on the show. I, I know a couple of them. And they can ask you questions. I want to do a question after with you and them. If you have time, you know, we could talk about that. I'll call you later, but that will be perfect for them. But, you know, what you just said, that's what me and Terry were talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, Terry, go ahead, you know, ask me a question before you get off the show. But, so if you can do that next week, I, I, I got two guys right now that I know that would love to sit there next week's show and talk to you and ask you questions. So. Okay. I'll be more than happy to do that. Okay. So we'll do that, you know. I know Terry's son, if you can get him, he won't be one of them, but, Okay, go ahead and ask Tony one more question before we get off today. Well, I'd just like to say, Tony, I, I, I really appreciate and enjoy talking with you. Um, it seems to me, I mean, you make you make great sense in, in the things that I've been thinking and, and wanting to say and, and Love and I have talked about before, and, and you just reiterated those things, and uh, and I really appreciate that and, and, and respect you and thank you a, a lot for being on. So you're more than welcome. And like I said, if there's anything that I can do to help kids progress, you know, I'm at your beck and call. And I want to say, Tony, man, you have been great to me. Well, I met you, you were like, I mean, things have been, you know, you inspired me. And that story you told, you know, I'm like, I, I was telling Terry, and I'm like, you know, you was looking around like, who's the next person? Because you know you won. <laughs> so, but um, two minutes, Tony, take us out of the show. What, what, what do you got to say for a young, you know, anything? You know, just just uh, speaking along on what Terry was saying is, uh, and and based on just kids individually, is you, you gotta have that self motivation, and you, you gotta be so positive and confident about yourself that you can excel and do and be whatever you want to be, because there's nobody that can knock you but yourself. I always say you're gonna get out what you put in it. You put a little in it, you're gonna get a little bit out. You put a lot in it, you're gonna get a heck of a lot. A progression. So always think positive, never be intimidated by the impossible, and you can be and do whatever you want to be in this world. And I'm going to say next week we have a question and answer with Tony Howe. Uh, call in, and any question you have for him, we're going to have him over here. We're going to have a lot of people calling in for you, Tony, so get ready. You bet. I'm ready. <laughs> and Terry, uh, again, you know, Terry, I'm working Terry in a big co-host, Tony, so uh, he's so great to me. And when I was out in uh, Castle, he took care of me and the family, and Great family, Tony. Great family. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, we'll Tony, I, you. I, I want to shot my first envelope. I have blood all over me. We'll talk about that later, Terry, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look forward to that. Oh, I, I, I ain't going to bust you out on your show. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We did have a great time, and we got a nice envelope, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. But um, this is another um, one of these shows, and we'll see you next week, Tony. we got we have a question answer for you next week. Sounds like we're ready. Yeah, take care. All right, this is Dave Loving, and uh, I hope another one that's loving that sports talk. Man, this show is getting better and better, so, you know, I love it, and we'll see you next week.
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.